0: Africa rise and shine. Africa
1: force. Africa amuka na unai.
2: Good morning and welcome to the third and final hour of africa rise and shine this is channel africa giving you news from an african perspective broadcasting from johannesburg in south africa we are online on www.channelafrica.co.za and on channel 802 on the dstv audio bouquet i'm johnny tulo driving the show with me is ann musa and tabiso Lehoko. top stories on africa rise and shine The sour south african professor says more research must be conducted to determine whether the Madagascar vaccine does have a positive impact on COVID-19. Lesotho's Prime Minister relaxes the nationwide lockdown as the COVID-19 virus remains undetected in the tiny kingdom. And in economics, Ugandans living in the UK offered to donate part of their salaries in order to boost government's capacity to respond to emergencies occasioned by the pandemic. But first, let's get a news update with Anne.
0: SABC News, independent and impartial from an African, from an African perspective.
3: perspective.
4: Good morning. I'm Anne Musa. The ruling party of Ethiopia's Tigray region in the north of the country says it will ignore a decision to postpone parliamentary elections and go ahead with polls regardless. In a statement, the Tigray People's Liberation Front called on other Ethiopian regions who believe in self-determination to do the same. National parliamentary elections planned for August were suspended indefinitely by the Electoral Commission because of the coronavirus outbreak. Ten more people have died in South Africa due to the coronavirus, bringing the national death toll to 148. The health department says the total number of confirmed cases now stands at 7,572 after 352 new cases. Noma Bulane reports.
5: Data from the Western Cape shows an alarming number of deaths. Seven of the latest fatalities come from that province. The three remaining casualties were from Gaudeng, Eastern Cape, and Guazulu-Natal. The Western Cape accounts for nearly half of the deaths in the country, with 71 deaths from 3,609 cases. KZN follows with 36 fatalities from their 1,142 positive viral infections. The Health Ministry says that over 10,000 tests have been conducted in the last 24 hours, with both the private and public laboratories sharing the load almost equally. The total number of tests to date sits at over 268,000.
4: Staying in South Africa, the country's Department of Public Works and Infrastructure has launched an investigation into why South Africans who arrived in the country from Lesotho over the weekend were taken to centres at telecommunications company, Telcom, railway company, Transnet, and power utility, Eskom, for quarantine. Minister Patricia Lille says it was not authorised by her department. She says there was an agreement in place for two hotels to accommodate them. Lille has instructed that everyone be moved to the hotels, authorised by her department.
6: We only discovered that 180 of those people that were supposed to be going into these hotels were diverted to ESCOM, to Telcom and and the other sites. Uh, We, of course, wrote to them today and said that it was unauthorised and whoever had made an arrangement with them will be personally liable for any cost that they incurred. I've also further instructed that the people be moved from there to go to the hotel that we have arranged for them.
4: The White House is planning to disband the coronavirus task force within a month in spite of the persistently high number of cases. The force has been coordinating its response to the pandemic. President Donald Trump says it's not a mission accomplished, but the start of a new phase. The BBC's
6: Barbara Platt Usher reports. The White House task force has managed the emergency response to the health crisis. President Trump said a different group would replace it with a different emphasis, reopening the country safely. The task force had already wound down its prominent public briefings. They were dominated by Mr. Trump, but didn't do his ratings much good. The White House is responding to growing pressure to reopen the economy, which is also politically important to Mr. Trump in an election year. But the numbers of sick and dying have plateaued rather than dropped, and several models have projected worse to come.
4: Trump made the comments in Phoenix, in Arizona, during a visit to a factory that makes medical-grade masks. This was one of his few trips since the coronavirus pandemic took hold. Trump did not wear a mask during the visit, which has caused some criticism, as the BBC's Kay reports.
5: There were actually signs up in this Honeywell factory saying that masks should be worn at all time. And the president did wear safety goggles, but he didn't wear a face mask. He has said very clearly from the White House podium that he himself is not going to choose to wear a face mask. And members of his group traveling from the White House of his administration were also not wearing masks down at Honeywell. So I think the message from the president has been mixed on this one, as it has on some other things. The official White House guidelines is people should wear a mask, but the president himself is not going to do so.
4: And finally, in sports news, English Professional Footballers Association's Chief Executive Gordon Taylor says clubs should discuss the idea of playing halves of less than 45 minutes when matches resume after the coronavirus suspension to how players manage their workload, Manuel English Football League chairman Rick Parry says there had not yet been discussions of having reduced halves but that he was open to new ideas. Soccer in England has been stalled since mid-March due to the coronavirus, which has infected more than 190,000 people in the United Kingdom and killed 28,734. All 20 Premier League clubs held a conference call recently in which they discussed plans for a resumption of training this month followed by a possible return to action in June but several players have expressed concerns. That's the news headlines at 7:30 Central African Time.
0: SABC News Independent and impartial
2: from an African perspective. Thank you, Anne, for that news update. South Africa's Professor Salim Abdul Karim says more research must be conducted to determine whether the Madagascar vaccine does have a positive impact on the COVID-19 pandemic. This follows reports that that country officially launched a local herbal remedy claiming to prevent and cure the coronavirus. Professor Karim is an epidemiologist and chair of the Ministerial Advisory Group on COVID-19. During an exclusive interview with the ACBC, Professor Karim said South Africans need to adapt to new normal. Normally, Mandela compiled this report.
7: Professor Salim Abdul-Karim says currently there is no evidence that supports claims about the Madagascar vaccine. He cautioned against it being used without proof. Right now,
8: there is no evidence to suggest that this Madagascar tonic does anything, good or bad. So I would say that what's important is that the evidence is submitted to the appropriate authorities, like the World Health Organization, or to uh, the European regulators, and let somebody assess it, or even, you know, prominent African scientists, have them have a look at the data, as has been proposed by the African Academy of Sciences.
7: Professor Karim would not be drawn to comment on the current controversy around the ban of cigarettes. He says they only advise the government on mitigating factors on the severity and the risk on the virus.
8: And there are many things that do that. Uh, For example, with alcohol, we've seen the way in which it's had quite a dramatic effect on our emergency rooms and hospitals, which was what... Was the intention that we wanted to clear the emergency rooms so that when the surge of cases came into the emergency rooms at our hospitals, then they were going to be in a position to deal
7: with it. He says the recent high numbers of infections are nothing to be alarmed about, as they reflect the number of tests done so far. He said the actual peak should be expected around August.
8: Somewhere around July, August maybe even early September, somewhere there. It's hard to say how many people are going to get infected. The modelers have done some predictions and so on. I think we have an opportunity to minimize that number. And so we may not see as bad an epidemic if we choose to, to do so. In other words, it's based on what behaviours we
7: choose to follow. On the concerns about the reopening of schools, Professor Karim says they should open.
8: I see no reason why schools shouldn't open. We have to either make the decision that we're not going to go to school for the next year to year and a half, or we're going to go to school and we're going to take every precaution that we can. If we go on that basis... We have to recognize that within schools, we will see outbreaks. I can't see how that will not occur. It's in the nature of the way this virus spreads. I talked about it. We will see these flames. What we must do is we must be there to identify the flames and to duck them. Remember, going to school will be almost as much a risk as many other things, like going to the local clinic or going to the shopping mall. All of those things will pose a risk.
7: He added that South Africans will have to learn to live with this new normal. I'm
8: essentially saying that we have to live with a new normal.
9: We're going to have to learn to live with this virus. And
3: we're going to have to learn to live with the threat it poses to us.
2: And it's just gone 11 minutes after 7 o'clock Central African time right here on Channel Africa. You're still tuned in to Africa Rise and Shine. The South African Revenue Service SARS has warned that revenue collection will continue its downward trajectory because of the COVID-19 pandemic. SARS Commissioner Edward Keyswetter has warned that revenue performance will be lower than the February budget announcements by between 15 and 20%. This means there will be a revenue collection shortfall of 200 150 billion rands this year the commissioner also anticipates the number of companies that will apply for business rescue will continue to increase this year amina akram reports
5: sars has painted a bleak picture of its revenue collection for the past two months and says it has seen a significant decline in tax payments especially after the lockdown sars estimates gdp to contract between minus five percent and minus six percent for the current year Its commissioner Edward Kisweta says they have seen significant declines in pay-as-you-earn payments from March dropping by 5.2% compared to the same period last year. For
1: pay-as-you-earn, we are down 5.2% compared to the same period by a year. This is made up of just over 65,000 employers who have made payments in April 2019 but have made no payments in the corresponding month of
3: 2020, a tax value of $3.8 billion. There's also just
1: over 87,000 employers who have made payments in April 2019, but have made lower payments in the corresponding month with a tax value of $6.1 billion.
5: Domestic VAT decreased by 30% from 160,000 vendors in March to 139,000 vendors in April. On import taxes, the overall performance is also down by 19.7%, this including custom duty. Revenue from alcohol and cigarettes is lower by 1.7 billion rands, VAT refund revenues are also down.
1: VAT refunds are concerned, uh, they are
5: down
1: 12% point five percent lower than estimate, and that is simply a reflection of uh, lower number of credit returns. Uh, that is also reflecting the contracted uh, economic activities, mm-hmm. and so we paid out 15.5 billion of refunds compared to a prior year payout of 17.7 billion.
5: SARS also notes that the cost of COVID-19 relief on tax is estimated at 70 billion rands. And this value is expected to be higher because the number of applicants who have applied has also increased. This includes taxpayers who are struggling with cash flow to even pay for the deferred payments. sweater says many businesses will not be able to operate in full capacity in the coming months. He says they have seen an increase in liquidity and insolvency. We
1: can report that we have seen an increase of... 1,622 employees uh, retrenched during April this year compared to last year, uh, which is an increase um, of 9%. The total number of retrenchments in April is just over 20,000. 42% of businesses feel they cannot operate throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. 54% of businesses feel that they will not survive between one and three months.
5: The commissioner says sadly illicit criminal activity is thriving under the current lockdown conditions, particularly the sale of illicit cigarettes and alcohol.
1: We also had 17 seizures, um, mainly cigarettes, alcohol and counterfeit, uh, as well as clothing and footwear. Whilst we are in lockdown, the criminal and illicit economic activities, sadly to say, uh, finds the opportunity to thrive.
5: SAAR says they have put in place measures to achieve goals and are protecting their frontline officers. They say they have sanitized their work areas and frontline staff are wearing protective gear. They are also engaging with stakeholders to clarify lockdown regulations and relief measures. And this is published on their websites. I am Amina Akram in Johannesburg. (laughs)
3: The best of the
2: And now to Lesotho, Prime Minister Tom Tabane has relaxed the nationwide lockdown as the COVID-19 virus remains undetected in the tiny kingdom. Addressing the nation on Tuesday, Tabane said borders remain closed for the time being and condemned reports of illegal crossings from virus-hit South Africa. Lesotho went into lockdown late last month to protect itself from a potential spread of the virus from South Africa, which is entirely which entirely surrounds the mountain kingdom and has the highest number of confirmed coronavirus cases in Africa. For more on Lesotho's latest move in relation to COVID-19, here's a journalist in the country, Rose moremo
10: Non-essential services or um, businesses will open, but they have to adhere to the World Health Organization COVID-19 health protocols. And I think it is important to note that Lesotho is still at zero cases. So far, we have actually uh, tested 28 patients or suspected cases rather and they have all come back negative the non essential service providers and businesses that will operate will be given a time frame that will be announced soon in a gazette that will be released uh, among other things public service and state owned entities will also resume work but um, people who work there will be working on shift basis
11: Now, what about schools, Rose? Does it mean that learning can resume? Uh,
10: The Prime Minister informed us that higher education That is our tertiary institutions will resume and when it comes to primary school, high school and secondary school only external classes will be allowed to resume. That is our primary school only standard seven will resume classes and then with our secondary school our grade 10 will will resume which is normally known as junior certificate students. And then with high school we will have our Grade 12, which is normally known as uh, students who write their leaving examinations into tertiary. However, uh, as time goes on and as the country assesses the situation, an addition of other classes will be introduced in the resumption of, you know, learning.
11: We know that Lesotho remains free of COVID-19, Rose, as you have pointed out earlier, that all 28 tests conducted came back negative. Now, in terms of the reasons for relaxing the lockdown, what did the prime minister cite? Is it because it's pointless to keep Basotho restricted when the country is virus free, or it's more for economic reasons
10: the prime minister did uh, make it clear that it is because of economic reasons that he is relaxing the lockdown and it is because most people you know need to make a living and of course the economic status of the country needs to keep afloat and this is why we are bringing back most of the practices that were put on hold during the, the lockdown. So it is absolutely because of economic reasons that he's relaxing the, the lockdown.
11: And for those who will be returning to work or going to school, are there any regulations that have been outlined that they have to follow?
10: The Prime Minister has advised that people who will be going out should always be wearing masks because there are still people who are crossing into Lesotho from South Africa unlawfully. And we all know that South Africa is the epicenter of COVID 19 in Africa so far. And we are right in South Africa, we are landlocked by South Africa. So, in case where we have one patient, who comes in and is COVID positive, but unknowingly, we are in great danger. So the Prime Minister has advised uh, people to wear masks as a preventative measure uh, to getting infected or even infecting others
11: let's talk about the testing situation in your country we know only 28 people have been tested so far and these tests were conducted by the national institute for communicable diseases nicd in south africa because the tests are sent to
10: south africa nicd the ministry of health said they can only forward people that check all the boxes or most of the boxes of the signs and symptoms The testing situation right now, only screening is being done. And no actual testing, laboratory testing of COVID-19. We've been waiting for a testing machine that uh, was said to come from America, that was donated by the World Health Organization, but it has not arrived. Thereafter, the Minister of Health, Gqokabi, uh, said that uh, tests will be done where there are centres of possible infections. These are places where South Africans or Basotho. To uh, travel into Lesotho through our porous borders. However, We would have thought that in the last month and a week now, if there was an infection, that we will have a health system that is overpowered by people who are showing signs and symptoms of COVID-19 and cannot really survive health-wise without oxygen or they really need medical attention. But as of now, there have not been any reports uh, such as those were people are congested within the health centers because they have COVID-19 like symptoms so it is a very very Difficult situation to assess because we are told by the World Health Organization that the incubation period of COVID-19 is between uh, 7 to 14 days However, we are also aware that there are asymptomatic people who don't really show signs But again, we could ask could the whole population of Basutu not show signs and symptoms of COVID-19 and if so is it because we are doing something right or is it because we are doing something wrong another question or another idea would be is 28 people enough to be certain that we are covid 19 free so these are the little debates that are going around about our our zero case status
2: and that's Rose Muremoholo, a journalist in Lesotho, in Lesotho, talking to Jane Rabotata. Thousands of Indians scrambled for alcohol as standalone stores reopened amid the coronavirus lockdown. Officials in the capital, Delhi, imposed a whopping 70% tax on liquor after residents failed to practice social distancing measures or clashed with the police for their first long drink in 45 days. Rana Sen has the story
9: some delhi stores ran out of stock as soon as they reopened on monday and on tuesday many stayed shut Fearing a stampede. City government spokesman Jasmin Shah said he hoped local tipplers will soon settle down.
12: When you're going to open up your economy after 40 45 days of complete lockdown, people are bound to come. We need to now learn how to live with corona. And when we open up our economy, people need to work together with the police and the administration. At the same time, even the liquor shop owners need to take maximum precautions. We understand that for the first one or two days, the police and the law and order machinery especially needs to be vigilant. But we are very hopeful that in a couple of days, things will smoothen
9: down. But physician Parul Gore said she feared even corona-infected people were part of the crowds mobbing liquor stores in her posh Delhi neighborhood.
8: Today, the serpentine
10: queues that stretched, these were basically from, from our neighboring colonies. They
4: have high density of clusters and which have experienced positive COVID cases. So having people come from all these neighbourhoods, it is scary for for our colony since we have so obediently followed the 45-day lockdown. It is really not fair on the colony.
9: The southern state of Andhra Pradesh imposed a 75% corona tax on every bottle sold and as the frenzy gathered pace, marketing guru Sohel Seth said India was in for some serious trouble now. We've seen this across... Urban India, not so much in rural India, in the manner in which all social distancing norms have been violated. And I believe that this will create problems rather than solutions. God forbid, if there is a spike in cases again and the lockdown is extended, you will be doing a body blow to the economy. India's rich and the powerful demanded home deliveries to end the maddening rush. But what about those without a proper home address? Asked Social scientist Anand Ranganathan. Of course alcohol is addictive and harmful in large quantities. I am saying those who are addicted see alcohol as a remedy for their troubles as it releases endorphins, easy stress. To suddenly ban its sale is to push people into depression and terrible withdrawal symptoms. Plus, it encourages smuggling and sale of spurious liquor. And then some people say why not have sale restricted to online and homeland delivery. Millions of drinkers live in slums and villages without an address or access to home delivery or online ordering. So please stop judging those who drink. Indian states earn $92 million a day from liquor sales, and most of them now plan to jack up their profits. But people do not seem to care as they stock up to beat the lockdown blues. This is Zana Sen reporting from New Delhi.
4: Coronavirus has killed thousands Thousands. in a global pandemic. leading to sweeping changes. Several countries have scaled up their responses and put in place strict controls, including South Africa. Channel Africa, broadcasting from South Africa, will continue to bring you news and current affairs during this period, whereby a 21-day lockdown is effective. We will keep you updated and informed during this period as we bring you news and current affairs from an African perspective.
1: the globe every second there's always a breaking story what we want to achieve is a healthy and vibrant economy which can ensure full employment
0: to our people the government concurs with the views of the black economic empowerment council report that it is now necessary to make our policies on black economic empowerment more explicit. Last May I asked constituencies at NEDLAC to discuss youth employment incentives. I'm pleased that discussion have been concluded and that agreement has been reached on key principles. We are on an ambitious drive to industrialize, to attract investment and to create more jobs for the youth of our country. They don't have jobs.
13: <laughs> I've tried looking for a job for a year and a half now. The challenges were periods and the the level of education which I have. Channel Africa.
4: Coronavirus has killed thousands Thousands. in a global pandemic leading to sweeping changes. Several countries have scaled up their responses and put in place strict controls, including South South Africa. Africa. Channel Africa, broadcasting from South Africa, will continue to bring you news and current affairs during this period, whereby a 21-day lockdown is effective. We will keep you updated and informed during this period as we bring you news and current affairs from an African perspective.
2: And it's now time for our news headlines with Anne Musa.
0: SABC News <laughs> independent and impartial from an African perspective.
4: Good morning, I'm Anne Moussa the headlines. Burundi's Attorney General has urged politicians not to incite violence following several clashes, some involving machetes between governing party supporters and those backing the opposition. Ten more people have died in South Africa due to the coronavirus bringing the national death toll to 148. And the White House is planning to disband the coronavirus task force within a month in spite of the persistently high number of cases. Those are the stories making headlines.
0: SABC News, independent and impartial.
7: From an African African perspective. perspective.
2: Thank you, Anne, for that news update. Social distancing is igniting innovation across the globe, from the healthcare sector to the workplace and even to the entertainment sector. This comes as a migration to digital becomes the solution for people to stay connected in their homes. There's been a rise in linear live television, becoming increasingly interactive through incorporating social media streams and engagement to give the audience the experience of real-time social interaction. This is realised through the use of multiple platforms simultaneously to connect to talk to us more on this transformation we're joined on the line by Vice President for Commercial and Content Distribution at Viacom C B S Networks Africa. Strini Naka good morning Strini and welcome to Africa Rise and Shine.
14: Good morning and thank you very much.
2: How has COVID-19 impacted the way the TV industry does things?
14: Well you know it's it's, it's twofold. Uh, it's been positive for the TV industry because television viewing has been on the rise ever since March. Uh, we've seen uh, unprecedented uh, increases in TV viewing uh, as much as up to seven hours, but also TV channels like news channels and uh, TV channels and educational channels have uh, really basically improved in ratings due to the fact that individuals have really, really very very little choice. Uh, and, and, you know, getting, getting sources of information uh, really is coming out of television, yeah.
2: And would you say that the world has been pushed to a rapid digital transformation and innovation, and was there unpreparedness to in respond in response rather to this push?
14: Yeah, absolutely. You know, consumer behaviours have changed dramatically. Uh, I think the economic impacts and all the various uh, the variables of you know with a, a decline in disposable income to to other choices that individuals had or consumers had has impacted the economy. Firstly, that has also impacted the way. Content producers have now re-looked at how they produce content uh, whilst marketers have also re-looked at how they push through their, their messaging through advertising, uh, not just to basically uh, accommodate their price and product offering, but more the empathy side uh, and, and the ability for them to actually kind of share this, this, this difficult, challenging journey with their, their consumers.
2: And, uh, and how has Viacom and your team adapted to this new normal?
12: I guess you know at, at Viacom we've, we've launched
14: a very big global campaign, mm. uh, which 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 is hashtag uh, alone together. Uh, we've, we've decided to basically inspire and educate uh, our audiences through new content that talks to basically this challenge uh, to, to, to you know to really kind of show the empathy from our side uh, to to make to, to get them to understand that we feel for where they are right now, uh, and and to broadcast content that that is more appropriate uh, in line with COVID.
2: The lockdowns has resulted in a halt of many products and subsequently impacting on the work that industries such as adverti- uh, that rather as uh, the advertising world does and the carrying out of its work how important is the sector how is how important is it rather that the sector quickly adapts to this change so that it can diversify its reach
14: so, so as I mentioned you know, consumer choices will change it's not it's the new normal it's you know people talk about the reset button uh Advertisers really need to think differently. Uh, It's it's crucial for advertisers to stay on television right now, even, you know, I mean, there are various challenges, whether it's a budget constraint or other constraints. But uh, for brands that are going to survive post this COVID, it's crucial that they basically still maintain a certain level of salience, affinity uh, through their ad messaging, but also refresh their new product offering. Uh, The way consumers did purchase uh, products prior to COVID and how they're going to do that post-COVID will be different. And uh, innovation and tech uh, through through different mechanisms of how the market is going to bring solutions back to market Mm. will be crucial.
2: And obviously, at some point, perhaps in two years time, when, you know, when this is all over and it's become history, have you guys started working on a post-COVID-19 strategy?
14: Yes, we have. Mm. So, I mean, it's not just about two years. I think it's about current, it's the short, medium term and then the long term. Mm. Uh, we all know that it's not going to be the same uh, coming into COVID since March uh, within the Africa context. Um, so the way we are producing content will basically align to how we portray uh, the consumer or the audience who's going to basically perceive the environment in the next two years.
2: Mm. Well, Strini, thank you so much for your time and joining us here on Africa Rise and Shine
14: thank you very much take care.
2: and that is strini nika vice president for commercial and content distribution at viacom cbs and networks africa joining us on the line let's take a quick break
11: for your latest update on the novel coronavirus covid19 for channel africa in addis ababa in ethiopia i'm coletta wanjohi once contaminated hands can transfer the virus to your eyes nose or mouth From there, the virus can enter your body and make you sick.
1: Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story.
0: We call upon church leaders to really cooperate with government and not allow more than 100 people in churches. It is the church which can help us to stop this crisis. The church should not contribute to this crisis negatively. We are calling upon our church leaders to listen to our premiers, our mayors and the president. Let's work together to reduce the spread of this uh, virus. South Africa, it is possible we are here because unity of purpose is necessary.
13: Channel Africa
2: And it's 37 minutes after 7 o'clock Central African Time. Right here on Channel Africa. You're still listening to Africa Rise and Shine with myself, Jolani Toulon. Volkswagen South Africa has secured funding to equip a medical facility with all that it will need to be a functioning hospital. The German company had already converted its all-component plant in Corsten into a temporary medical facility for COVID-19 patients in the Nelson Mandela Bay metro. This would include high-acuity patients who require oxygenation, as Luando Nomoi reports,
13: in a collaborative effort in the fight against COVID 19, the 66,000 square meter facility will be converted in phases for patients with mild and severe symptoms. The legacy hospital, once it is fully operational, will have up to 4,000 beds. The project, worth 107 million rand, will see equipment, including ventilators, distributed to various hospitals. Eastern Cape Premier Oscar Mabuyanis says the initiative will go a long way in assisting the province health system.
12: This field hospital will help us with that. Should there be a need for people to be hospitalized, we won't be caught off guard and found wanting. We will be ready for the demand for hospital beds. The inevitable, colleagues, is unavoidable. The enemy is moving very fast. We must be proactive.
13: Plans to bring in more healthcare professionals will now be a matter of urgency. The premier says approximately a thousand healthcare workers
12: will be employed. We are going to make sure that this has got enough uh, human resource, so we'll be addressing that. All nurses we're currently employing about thousand nurses as additional human resource to the capacity we have. Even here, we're going to do everything possible to ensure that 4,000 patients that will be here will be able to be uh, having nests in terms of their ratio.
13: The project is expected to be finished in six weeks. But renovations will be carried out in different phases to ensure safety. Volkswagen Managing Director Thomas Schaefer.
5: There's a a huge urgency to get the first phase going. Okay, so the first phase about under 1500 beds, um, we need to really work day and night to get that done, and then we sort of cordon it off because to have uh, people working in a, a facility with uh, COVID positive um, uh, patients is also
13: not possible, so we need to separate. The Eastern Cape government plans to have 500 field hospitals in the province. The Nelson Mandela Bay now has two, including the Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium. I'm Rwanda Nomoy in Port Elizabeth.
2: The High Court in South Africa's capital, Pretoria, has heard how utterances by some security ministers during lockdown might have contributed to the spike of police and military brutality. This was part of the arguments by the family of deceased Alexandra man, Collins Corsa, who was allegedly brutalized and murdered by soldiers and the Johannesburg Metro Police officials on Good Friday at his home. The 40-year-old father of three was allegedly attacked for breaking down lockdown rules after soldiers found a bottle of alcohol in Pumzilem Langeni has the story.
6: Collins Koza was allegedly tortured, brutalized and murdered by members of the army and the Johannesburg Metropolis Police on Good Friday at his Alexandra home. Koza's family now wants a declaratory order from the High Court which will compel government to come up with a code of conduct specifying command and control rules for the police and the military. Legal representative advocate Tembega Ngugai-Tobi says it is in the interest of the public to distinguish what is law and what isn't. We come-
0: in our personal capacity, we come because Mr. Kosa has been killed by members of the Defense Force but, and therefore he cannot act for himself. But we also come for his three children who today have no father. We come for his mother who today has lost a son and has lost a brother. But we also come for the public interest. We have shown on the evidence that despite this case of Kosa having received so much publicity, the instances of police and military abuse have not abated
6: so says public utterances made by police and defense ministers regarding the breaking of lockdown regulations are dangerous and might have contributed to the spike in acts of brutality. So
0: to come back to the question of the Declaration of Rights, there is an immense public interest that there should be a declaration of what rights exist, particularly in the light of the statements made by ministers where the ministers have encouraged the breaking of the law. Take Minister Taylor for instance. She, he says, we are going to smash the infrastructure that you are using to sell alcohol.
6: Nguay says this demonstrates the lack of understanding of the law by these ministers and also shows their disregard for the law.
0: What Minister uh, Mapisa Mabula, who is the Minister of Defence, and what ministers have said publicly. Those pronouncements, my lord, are not pronouncements of ministers who actually know their obligations under the law. They are pronouncements of ministers, if they know them, who don't care about the law. Or they are pronouncements of ministers who are ignorant about what the law is.
6: Meanwhile, the investigation into Koza's death by the military ombud has been described as a sham. Tobi says the SNDF undertook to finish the investigation report by the 30th of April. The SNDF says the investigation team was granted an extension which will see the report being finalized by the middle of this month. Tobi says the handling of this matter raises questions about the credibility of the investigation.
0: The facts have not been denied and therefore they must be taken to be admitted. And secondly, their excuse about an investigation does not provide them cover not to answer the allegations. But what we also know is that there is, in fact, no credible investigation because of the obfuscation that they have been uh, engaged in. So there can be no dispute that uh, on the facts there has been a violation of the free rights that we cleared in the founding of the They could have gone to the police and asked them for their version.
6: Ngai Tobi has also argued the SNDF and the JMPD should suspend the implicated officials pending the outcome of the report. Kosa's murder is under investigation by the police. The matter continues on Wednesday. I am Pumzile Mlangeni in Pretoria.
2: The coronavirus pandemic shook the sports world globally, causing a stoppage of all sports competitions and tournaments since Kenya recorded its first case on the March on March the thirteenth. Kenyan sports has suffered, and local athletics has not been spared either. Athletics who had not been training in various camps across the country preparing for the season were forced to go back to their home villages. Many of those athletes are now venturing into farming, which many say promises good earnings after missing the entire athletic season. Francis Motegi, Channel Africa's Kenyan-based sports correspondent, unpacks the story for us.
12: Uh, primarily, you can argue the latter will be a better or more preferable answer to give because the uh, earlier, primarily, if you say so, uh, is uh, a dominant across the world. So it is purely a source of... Uh, Uh, income for these athletes now that their mainstay business, that is uh, athletics, has been uh, locked out. And for that reason, it is not bringing them any cash at the moment. And probably the whole of this year, they've not had a major uh, source of income from their mainstay in terms of athletics, whether in the field, on the road, or in the truck. And for that reason, they had no choice but fall back to what looked the easiest thing to do uh, and being in the village, so to say, farming.
15: And why farming in particular? Aren't there other ventures to consider?
12: Well, farming first because the majority of them have gone back to the village. uh, Because uh, being in the village, the primary activity you can engage in is primarily uh, farming. And as well, uh, remember the government also closed all business arenas in the country. The government closed all business uh, camps in the country uh, that deal with athletics. And for that reason, Uh, Every particular athlete wanted to remain uh, probably in form or so to say uh, in good shape for their next activity in the uh, athletics world and for that reason they needed an activity that will keep them busy and the best thing to do is go into the farm. Some of them have big tractors, have uh, genders and the like uh, and they would want to remain fit for, for their next activity in the sporting world. And as well, remember, they have been sent to the village and the government made it clear that you cannot train as a team. You have to do it as an individual. So uh, when they are in in their farms, the best activity they can do is train on their farms while at the same time engaging in the main activity in the farm, which is farming. And that is why uh, you find majority of them will be doing that. And the other thing you need to bear in mind is that majority of these athletes are not very highly educated. And so they do not have a lot of office activities to do. Uh, majority of the work is farming or athletics, uh, though we've got uh, quite a number of courts in the disciplined forces who will have gone back to the police force, the military, and uh, maybe the prison wardens' work and so on.
13: Now, Francis, finally, what
15: has the Ministry of Sports, Culture and Heritage done to help all sportswomen and uh, men during this time?
12: Uh, well, it has uh, not given any particular major uh, offer, so to say, but there have been talks uh, between the government and the ministries of uh, sports and uh, culture uh, in the uh, efforts to try and see how they can rejuvenate these athletes to get them uh, back to business while at the same time also supporting their families because their sources have not been working. Uh, apparently, the government gave some $2 million some uh, two or three weeks ago. Uh, this, though, was going to artists who are involved in theater acting and the like, but not sports. And primarily, I think the argument is that the sports people at the moment do not have anything to do, so they not need cash per se, but at the same time, they are very desperate for cash, as you can imagine. So we're still waiting for that major uh, shot in the hand, for the, at least uh, from the government, so to say.
2: And that was Francis Motegi, Channel Africa's Kenyan-based sports correspondent, speaking to Samora Mangesi. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll have our economics news with Tabisole Hoko.
1: Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. What we want to achieve is a healthy and vibrant economy, which can ensure full employment.
4: coronavirus has killed thousands in a global pandemic
3: have lost their
4: lives. leading to sweeping changes several countries have scaled up their responses and put in place strict controls including south africa channel africa broadcasting from south africa will continue to bring you news and current affairs during this period whereby a 21-day lockdown is effective. We will keep you updated and informed during this period as we bring you news and current affairs from an African perspective.
2: And it's now time for our economics news and here's Tabi Solohoko.
15: Good morning. Ugandans living in the UK have offered to donate part of their salaries to the National COVID-19 Task Force in order to boost government's capacity to respond to emergencies occasioned by the pandemic. The team comprises Ugandans who reside in Oxford and London and are employed in the UK public service The idea to give part of their salaries as follows. Earlier donation last week of relief food to street children in the capital Kampala. At least 298 street children have already benefited from the maize of flour which they received at various designated centers in Kampala. Ethiopia has started the process of procuring 40,000 tons of benzene in response to the potential shortages that could be caused by the disruptions of the novel coronavirus pandemic. The Ethiopian petroleum supplier enterprise signed a deal two weeks ago for the supply of the oil from the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, a state-owned oil company from the United Arab Emirates. The enterprise is negotiating with the company to ensure the delivery of benzene by the end of May. South Africa's Finance Minister, Tito says National Treasury is no longer interested in rescuing defunct state-owned enterprises' SOEs. He was replying to a question from the Opposition Democratic Alliance during a briefing to Parliament's Joint Committee on Finance. Mowene, however, hinted that South African Airways could follow the example of Switzerland, where Swiss International replaced Swiss Air. He says that they are interested in supporting SOEs that are functioning well, such as telecommunications company Telcom, which actually gives government a dividend Mbueni says he is biased towards helping state arms manufacturer Denel. denial
0: has a capacity to help in the further transformation of the military industrial complex converting some of the military technologies into civilian use uh, and it's a very important area of supporting our engineers and, and so on so i I support denial, but they must get their business case uh, up and running uh, uh, properly.
15: The Nigerian Union of Petroleum and Natural Gas Workers and the Petroleum and Natural Gas Senior Staff Association of Nigeria have warned oil firms against sacking their members. The unions say they have received reports from members of attempts by some multinational and indigenous oil and gas companies to sack staff, reduce salaries and introduce indecent work system for the workers. The oil firms say the industry is sinking due to the crisis Caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, the unions are threatened to embark on an action that would affect the industry. The South African motorists are paying a whopping one Rand seventy four less a liter worth of fuel with effect this morning. The price of diesel went down by one Rand sixty one cent per liter and eliminating paraffin by two Rand twenty three cents per litre at midnight. Plummeting oil prices are caused by a virtual halt in global economic activity during the coronavirus pandemic has led to the decrease. However, it would have been more Had the South African rand not depreciated against the US dollar? Indicators at this hour in Nigeria, the US dollar will cost you 388 Naira 88, in Botswana, 12 Bula 1, in Kenya, it's 105 shilling 51, and in Zambia, it will cost you. Eighteen seventeen in BRICS currencies in Brazil one U.S. dollar five fifty five in Russia seventy four ruble eleven in India it's at seventy four rupees ninety seven in China a dollar is changing hands at seven yuan six and in South Africa it's eighteen rand forty two. The US dollar is also trading at 80 pence to the British pound and at 92 cents to the euro. A look at commodities markets now gold, on 1,705 dollars, platinum, 760 dollars pounds, brand crude oil, 26.82 cents a barrel. Africa continues to rise and shine.
0: Africa rise and shine Africa zola Africa amika na una.
2: And that wraps up Africa Rise and Shine for today. From myself, Jolani Tulo, producer Luanda Maume, technical producer Mario Edwards, and the rest of the Africa Rise and Shine team, thank you for listening. For comments on the show, send us an email at info at channelafrica.co.za or WhatsApp to plus plus two seven seven six three hundred double three two seven. Tweet us at Channel Africa One. Taking us to the top of the hour for the news is So Wenz by Naima K, featuring Robbie Malinga. Uh, enjoy and stay safe.
3: i oh,